Cool. Welcome to episode two, Friends of the Class of 2016. We're here right now with David Antavian. David, what's going on, man? Hey, bud. Uh, happy to support this idea, and thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy that, that you're on. You're definitely one of the more active people in terms of getting something together um, about a year ago. So big props to you for, for leading the charge and, and trying to organize that. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I uh, I thought it would be cool to do a reunion. Uh, I guess timing was off, uh, so that was a bummer. But uh, I think it's probably worth the effort to stay in touch with a lot of folks, especially because we, you know, we all grow up, um, become valuable connections for each other. So, absolutely, yeah. Man plans. God or the universe laughs. Um. <laughs> that's very true don't i know it. uh how are you doing man i i uh think i see you on instagram every once in a while you got a beard now looking mighty you still rocking that beard <laughs> um actually at this very moment i'm so i'm i'm rocking a goatee because i might be walter white today. <laughs> um, oh man all right okay yeah just playing around with it um but hey i mean in terms of taking the charge being a leader you've always had leadership qualities and, you know, and, and I feel like I've never in my, you know, the way I see you is just someone who's like kind of fearless and just, you know, you know, just kind of like sticks his chest out and does what he wants. And so I really admire that in you. And I feel like that, that plays a role in, in you taking the charge and you're like, why isn't something happening right now? Let's, let's get the people together. And, uh, and I'm excited to hear about your your military military service in the army and uh, how that's been and what you've learned about yourself and in, in general about being a leader. And um, I'm excited to share that with everyone, too. So, you know, in terms of being a leader, I've always admired that quality in you. You you always like spoke really clearly and concisely. And so I just want to put that out there. And then in your actions, too. Um you know, putting that together on Facebook. That was really cool of you. Hey, I, I appreciate that, man. Um, I think, I don't know about being fearless and all that, but um, I definitely look to the people around me to, to learn from. Um, I like to be challenged by the people that I surround myself with. And so when I see people, you know, you and I used to compete in high school for, for class president and all that, all that nonsense. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny to think about it now, but right. But at the time, you know, it's something we wanted. And um, we had two very different styles, I think, of, of how we approached it at the time. I saw you as um, a much more consistent uh, and you had a very consistent and reliable approach. Uh, whereas I felt like I needed to um, be more sort of I don't know actually how I if I even thought that far as to as to strategize an angle <laughs> or anything like that, but but I maybe mean, that that goes to show right I, right uh, how we how two people approach the same problem that gives you a lot to learn from in, in hindsight once it's all over. Um, but now you know um, I practice leadership professionally, and man, do I fail a lot uh and fall short of goals and um it's something that you get used to but 
as you, as you said, the expression used before about man plans and God laughs, uh, it was, there's an expression that Napoleon used to say all the time um, that uh, no plan survives contact. And there's another guy, Eisenhower, who said that uh, planning is, is as important as it is useless um, hmm. once you've begun the battle. Uh, because to to not have a plan is to go in blind or at least where at least if, if you've come up with an idea then you know what your intent is you know what your end state is um you know how you know what you're intending to do what your objective is um if everything goes sour the moment you step foot uh into the fight or into whatever problem you're trying to solve um at the very least you can keep your eyes on the target. And so that is something that's been consistent, even though any sort of uh, any detail or any effort you've made to how you'd want to get there might not be as you planned. Right. And it's, and, um, it's, and you said it's just as important as it is useless. Um, and I, I kind of interpret that as, as being flexible in terms of, you know, plans changing. Is that, is that, how you'd say the second, the latter half of the sentence could be interpreted. Sure. Um, and anything that you, I'm trying, I'm, I'm uh, thinking live now, but I'm trying to find a way to apply it uh, sort of more generally. When you have, when you have a plan before you've actually started doing anything before you've begun executing, you're thinking of all the contingencies, right? You're thinking in well, plan A through Z. If this doesn't work, what's my fallback? What's my course of action? Two, three, four, and five. Um, you don't actually know what life is going to throw at you or what's going to happen. You can only guess based on experience, based on other people's experience. Maybe you read about it or said, hey, you know, I just Googled uh, what questions they ask in this job interview so I can anticipate these questions. Um, what are you actually going to do? What do you draw from to guide you when something didn't go according to plan? If they asked you a question in that interview that you weren't expecting. Mm. Um, that's, to me, uh, where leadership becomes an actual useful skill to learn. How do you lead in a scenario where you didn't, you had all the time in the world before, and now you don't? You don't have a plan anymore. Um, what do you do? How do you do it? How do you still get to your goal with none of the resources you thought you would have when you started? Right. Uh, so for me, what I was trying to get at earlier in the most roundabout way possible was <laughs> I like to draw from, I like to draw from other people's mistakes and other people's successes. Um, you know, this person, Adam, back in high school that I knew kicked my ass in an election one time or something. Or, you know, one time in, in uh, high school, I, I bombed the test that I thought I had spent all my studying for and was going to ace. Um, and, you know, the kid next to me barely studied at all. I'm sure you've had this uh, experience, too, maybe in college as well. Right. The kid next to me acted like he hasn't studied a single day in his life, and he got an A. What did that kid do that I didn't? Um, and how can I, you know... If, if my plan didn't work, if what I was thinking wasn't working, let me think like this guy and see if I can get to an answer. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think, I think, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear some examples about, you know, planning and, and, you know, in terms of your career, how plans have changed and, and uh, you know, maybe how the leadership um, methods or techniques that you've learned, you've been able to apply and, and we can learn from, you know, as we're talking about learning from other people's experiences. Um, but before that, let's talk about planning from a high school perspective. Um, I'm curious too, uh, to know when the idea of going to West Point or getting involved in the military, like became a, you know, became part of your trajectory. Uh, was it earlier in high school or was it towards the, just towards the end when you were applying to schools? Yeah. Um, I don't, I think it was around the time when people were starting to talk about, uh, what colleges they were going to apply to uh, and what was interesting to them. I knew what I wanted to study. I didn't know where I was going to study it. And um, I definitely wasn't one of the folks that had the luxury to choose with any sort of confidence. So I applied to the best schools that I could. Um, and then uh, um, I think probably by most likely by clerical error, I got, I got into West Point and happened to be the best <laughs> one that I got into. And um, so I, made a decision is this something uh i'm willing to invest in and uh, it turned out the answer was yes because i personally felt the need to um i felt that i was missing a lot of pretty important traits and skills um that i was going to need if i wanted to accomplish any of my longer term goals and the the military just happened to have advertised that they uh can can develop those traits in people so i went to i went to west point did the thing, uh, wouldn't recommend it, but I'm glad I did it. And, um, and now I'm here that after, after college, I did a year of training in Oklahoma. It was additional training specifically in my branch, uh, in the army. And after that, uh, I've since been living in Alaska. Uh, I've spent about two years there and then I caught a deployment two months ago. So I've been, uh, in Kuwait, in, um, Iraq and Syria since then and i'm going to be here about a year till next august so the somewhat haphazard decision to to go to that specific school has uh caused quite a quite a trajectory um in my life so far as far as where i'm at and what i'm doing wow i have a lot of questions um you said that okay. you, knew what, you knew what you wanted to study uh, but and then you you just didn't know which school to 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 learn at. What what did you want to study and what did you study? So I growing up in Tenafly, um, I was always amazed at the amount of wealth that was around us. It was foreign to me as well, and so um, I thought, hey, wouldn't that be nice? People seem like they're having a pretty good time um, coming from, especially families. Uh, especially larger families um, that seem to be very cohesive and be able to take risks um, and take time to do things that might not have been uh, sort of traditionally productive. Hey, I want to, you know, go, I want to learn this instrument or learn this dance or do something that uh, has absolutely no bearing um, on your financial security in the future or your uh, 
you know, any, any sort of conventionally productive um, skills. So long story short, I saw these people doing cool stuff and I thought, Hey, I want to do that too. Well, to do that, I need money. So uh, I decided I would get interested in economics and finance. So uh, I was looking for the best school that could either teach business math or um, applied statistics. And so uh, West Point happened to have a good econ program. They, they're pretty math heavy as well. And then my branch, which is artillery, is um, generally a physics-based technical branch. So I also had to learn a lot of weird specific ballistic physics, do a lot of math on the fly in chaotic situations, um, tired, hungry. And I thought that was a fun combination of hmm. um, this, those, those hard skills that I wanted to retain going into the future after I leave the Army and also get to do the Army stuff at the same time. Um, yeah, wow. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It does. Uh, it, it definitely does uh, what you wanted to study. Um, and that sounds pretty, pretty crazy having to, you know, apply what you learned. You said while well, you're tired and hungry and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if you're, I, I was watching, uh, uh, I listened to some of uh, Teddy's interview as well. Uh, by the way, what an awesome guy. I, mm-hmm. huge, huge respect for Teddy as well. Absolutely. Uh, he said he's working for Black BlackRock now, and how how he, uh, I think he was also a data science guy, and ended up meandering his way into finance. Um, I bet he has. I, he he. I know environments that firms like BlackRock are equally chaotic. Uh, maybe they're, you know, less covered in dirt, but uh, <laughs> I I think it's pretty awesome to be in a situation where you're applying your learning in high intensity. Uh, high uncertainty environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's like the the hardest, the highest level of applying what you're learning, right? Yeah. Um, you said you wouldn't recommend West Point. Why is that? <laughs> I think, like I said, for me personally, I knew it was something that I needed. Uh, I've come a very long way since high school, and I've actually. Um, I've had to, I, I carry great regret about uh, a lot of my behavior and decisions, especially the way um, I interacted with a lot of folks at school. Uh, and I've since in my, in my, in the times, in the opportunities that I've had to go back home, uh, reached out and, and tried to make amends with a lot of folks. I knew that I was lacking in the work ethic that I wanted the the image of myself uh, as a kid that I saw, you know, Hey, when I'm 40, what is 16 year old me going to think of me? What kind of person do I want to set myself to be up to be so that the old kid, me who was dreaming about all the possibilities can be proud of me. Um, to do that, turns out I had to suffer quite a bit. And uh, West Point happens to be an, an awesome opportunity, an awesome environment for uh, long-term pain and suffering. Um, <laughs> now, if you don't need that and you can go be happy and learn things somewhere else, please go do that instead. Um, but, you know, if you want to do things the hard way, I think a school like West Point is definitely one of those, is definitely an option for you. Fair enough. You know, I feel <laughs> like I'm, I'm someone who wouldn't, necessarily want to subject myself 
you know, to four years or, or whatever it is there. Um, but I do, you know, and I, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, I'm sure a lot of people out there, you know, wish that they could subject themselves to suffering, you know, in order to grow. And I mean, I'm just curious, is there anything that, that you can think of, um, that you know and suffering if it's you know if it's pointless is is or if it's meaningless is pointless um sure. but but is there any like i'm you know i'm just i'm just curious like what your thoughts are for people who don't want to you know go to west point but do want some sort of you know having to like in, endure something and and suffer through something whether that's with a group um or alone i i just want to know if if you have any if you have any kind of recommendations for people out there sure Absolutely. Um, you can't, I don't think it's, uh, oh, let me, let me frame this correctly. Yeah. Things that are hard or things that don't feel good are not necessarily bad things. They're not bad for you necessarily. That's for sure. We know that working out hurts your muscles, but it's good for you. Right. Um, and I'm not going to, breaking a motivational speech here but long story short uh you ought to do yourself the favor of challenging yourself if not i think you might be in danger of wasting your time otherwise um with all of the resources that we had and all the luxuries that we had growing up in tenderfly compared to pretty much anywhere else <laughs> it would be it would be a shame to waste those resources not having um, not being the best version of yourself that you can be. And one surefire way to to grow and to learn from yourself is by putting yourself in a situation that you're not used to, that you're not comfortable with. If that's not sleeping for a while because you want to get something done, if it's doing something that you're 100% certain you are not capable of, but given your best shot, um, you ought to try. Uh, do yourself that favor. Um, at the very least, you've you've figured out the wrong way to do something and you can cross that off the list and, and uh if i mean if we're talking physical examples working out is a great uh is a very simple model to to try to understand going on a long run sucks and it hurts but 100 percent of people feel really good when they're done um reading a boringly written book that teaches you something even if it has to, even if you have to cram it into your own brain while you're falling asleep, uh, might be something that you reach back to when it's important later. Um, I would, I, I think I'm a big advocate for um, not viewing discomfort as a negative thing. Absolutely. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that to some inspirational background music, and it's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. You're gonna be up there with David Goggins. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that guy's that guy's a nut. Um, he's a real nut. David Goggins is pretty. Have cool. you listened or read his book? Can't hurt me. Yes, yes, I have. Okay. Uh, have you? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I did. I listened to the audio book. He's great. Yeah, he's he's a nutcase, but he's a perfect example of that. I mean. I'm sure he has some sort of, um, I'm sure a psychologist could diagnose, you know, the living hell out of someone like that. But, 
he's an absolute testament to that idea. He, he absolutely revels in discomfort. Um, and, I mean, man's got a smile on his face, so it's got to mean something. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know, just to comment, I feel like doing anything difficult, you know, is, is kind of separating your mind from your body, even even if it's just reading a book, because it's kind of like mental, mentally taxing. Um, I don't know. That was just a thought that crossed my mind while you're saying that is no matter, you know, no matter what challenge you're going to give yourself, it's kind of a, can you, can you transcend with your mind what your body, you know, wants to do, which is the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. Um, If if you've already done that once the easy way, you, you, uh, you know, there's probably not much left to learn there. You know, try something different. Why not? Absolutely. Um, I think I think that's important in relationships too, in both in, like personal ones and in, in your friends in your community. Uh, do you, you know that quote about the um, five people closest to you in your in the room? For sure. Uh, it's a really corny one, but uh, you know, I think it's true. You should often have. You should often look around and say, "Are these people that I'm really?" learning from that I'm hanging out with all day. Absolutely. So, Um, so I'm curious, how does, how did it go for you um, after you graduated West Point and enlisting or, you know, what is, what does it look like? And, you know, up to the point now, you know, you're, you're promoted and how does, how does it work when your like position changes and your role changes have you served in different units? Um, I, I'm clueless. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I won't. I won't get into the weeds. But okay. Um, after I graduated, uh, that's when I actually officially started working. Um, and immediately upon graduation, like I said, I went and did a year in Oklahoma, just training more specifically in the branch that I had. And then when I got to Alaska, is when I um, actually started applying all my training um, at, at work. So it was an, uh, I'm an artilleryman by trade. So I help people shoot big guns really far. And um, I was, as soon as I showed up, I was given a platoon, which is for me, it was 38 people. Um, and we get three you know, really big guns and we're told, hey, you guys got to shoot these really far um, and make sure they land where they're supposed to. And um, so, you know, my job was to do that really as best as I possibly could uh, with the people that I had, with the equipment that I had. And then the Arctic, you know, when it's negative 40 degrees, I mean, talking about discomfort, when it's negative 40 degrees and your eyelids are freezing to each other uh, and you can't open them uh, and, the you know, the ground is three inches frozen solid and you can't, you know, break dirt to get the artillery to get the howitzers in place properly all the training goes out the window all of a sudden you're like oh they did not teach me this in oklahoma you know and there's 38 people staring at you waiting for you to tell them what to do uh and so i learned how to do that for like a year and a half um and then uh after i was done being a platoon leader um i did some staff time which is when you uh, move up to a higher echelon, but you're not 
uh, leading as directly. You're now getting involved in in long term planning operations. You're looking th- at things uh, from a bigger picture, which is a lot less fun, but it's more important in the in the long run. So now that I'm here in Kuwait, I'm at a I'm doing the same job planning and operations, but for a significantly larger element. And now we're actually in theater. You know, this is no longer training in Alaska. Um, the things that I write and email have legitimate direct impacts on people's lives in, you know, what is often a kinetic conflict. So um, by now, you know, a couple of years out from graduating are, is when, uh, you know, training time is kind of up. I would say for most people in my in my specific branch and and uh, my career, and that's where I'm at now. Sounds heavy. No, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, um, just don't mess it up. Uh, <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That's that's about it. That's where I'm at. But uh, I'll be out of here, and I'm hoping to retire from the army in a year or two. Um, I'll start studying for the GMAT, and then uh, go ask Teddy Hansel for a job. Hopefully. <laughs> well, that's what this is for. This is this is for people. Yeah. To, yeah, to hear each other out and and get to know what each other's up to, and and leverage these connections that we have that are that have been dormant for a while. Absolutely, man. I, I uh, I'm gonna invite you to let me interview you. If no one else takes up the picks up the mantle for the next one, or not, if not for the next one, but for for whenever you're ready to flip the cards, um, oh, really? I got a ton of questions for you. Uh, so I'll leave that I'll leave that on the table, and uh, I I sincerely hope you you keep it up and and uh, start reaching out to people and pull teeth if you have to, because some people might not want to talk about themselves, but those are probably the people you want to hear the most from. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. I, I do hope you keep this up. Thanks, man. And I feel like, you know, t- speaking of, of discomfort and making your na- making oneself discomfort and 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 uh, ways that are easier than than signing up at West Point to to get a little discomfort is is hopping on here for a half hour to to talk and have 100, 200, 300 people hear you. Um, yeah, no pressure. But, uh, cool. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I really liked what you said. You said I mean, you, I know you're talking about your role right now that you said it's a lot less fun, but it's more important. And, uh, I think that's a, you know, a good, a good, uh, a good motto for life is do things that are, you know, less fun, but more important, especially as we get older. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, give, give, give yourself, give yourself a story to tell your grandkids, you know? Absolutely. Story to tell myself while I'm alive. You know, I don't want to look back. At um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess so. Oh, I I had a good question, which is, did any like teachers in high school influence this path? You know, this military path. Hey, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I. Yeah, so there was, a, and, I, and I actually reached out to all of them, and I've had at least a, a lunch or a coffee with pretty much everyone that I valued, uh, which I highly recommend y'all do, uh, if you haven't already. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Apetisano were awesome, awesome teachers. Uh, 
they were probably the only folks that uh, had the patience to deal with me and still be <laughs> and still be sort of uplifting and at, at the time when I really needed it. So uh, those two were awesome, and, and I love them. Um, I had a math teacher in eighth grade, Mr. Tully, who I think has since I heard uh, moved to teach in high school. He was hugely influential, and. Um, I think that's it, really. Oh, uh, who was um? There was a history teacher who was always way overdressed. Uh, do you remember his name? No. He had a beard, older guy, always wearing a suit. Beats um, me. Yeah. Someone must remember. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a high school teacher. Uh, yes. Yeah, and it was. Damn, I wish I remembered his name. I, I never ended up uh, hitting him up. But but yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Pedisano, Mr. Tully from way back um, were uh, sort of maybe definitely among the more unconventional teachers, but they really cared. And I think that is, man, I wish, you know, I hope that my kids have the same uh, opportunity interface with, with teachers who are so invested in individually in their students. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I would definitely shout those them out. Yeah, I had Mr. I'm curious Tully. if you, 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 you got Mr. Tully on your list as well. I, well, I he's I don't say he's on my list in terms of influence, but I I had him in middle school and he was awesome. He I just remember the way yeah. he made me feel, and it was it was just yeah. like giggly like laughter. And <laughs> I remember he he would like break out in hives on his face because he would eat lobsters like, and then his thick boston accent i love lobster i can't help myself <laughs> yeah absolutely that was a nutcase i love it, it. Was. um cool oh last thing i do want to clear this okay. up i didn't beat you in the election uh freshman year you know that and this i was thinking about when we were talking about you know at the very beginning of this conversation and you were we were talking about like you were like well i don't really think i had a plan and i respected that first of all to call myself consistent i don't think i was consistent in any regard i remember i froze in my speech like i was looking in the crowd i froze and i like my heart sank and i just like ended the speech right there i was like thank you and, and i just needed to get out of there but um no way you wow. hopped on and you like had the confidence to just like say fuck this speech and i'm gonna go my own way and you just like spoke your heart and and i admired that first of all and I want to clear the air, not for, I don't want to like do this because uh, for my own sake, but what ended, what really happened, and and this is, you could believe me or not, was you got disqualified <laughs> and I went to Dr. K, I went to their office and I cried tears from my eyes. I was like, Dr. Nah, K. Nah, no way. I swear to God, it was, the SO was like, he went off script. He talked about another, another uh, candidate <laughs> and then there was, he went over time. It was three things. That was what they said. And then everyone, wow. was, everyone was getting all pissed at me. And I was like, I didn't do anything. And I, and I was like, I wanted to be fair because it was just us two. I didn't want to win. Who wants to win my disqualification? Um, yeah. And so freshman year. Huh? And then Dr. K is like, no, I can't, I can't make the SO look weak. So we have to stick with it. And I was like, oh, well, fuck that. I guess. The powerful um, organization of the SO. Wow, man, what what a what a story. Yeah, I didn't remember any of that. Um, but uh, well, first of all, I admire you. I admire you saying that. I I think obviously, uh, uh, you 
did it the right way and you deserve that win. It, you know, somebody goes and do something stupid and crazy just because he's bold doesn't, uh, doesn't necessarily accomplish the mission. So um, the hat's off to you regardless, even if I did get disqualified. Yeah. But uh, I'm not one to um, play But yeah, I did not. That's a, that's a great story. No. Wait, I'm curious. Why didn't you run after sophomore year? Why didn't I run after sophomore? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I think didn't you, wait, didn't did you run senior year? I did, and I I, I think ran I did as well. And I lost miserably. No, 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 you didn't. You didn't. It was me, me and another person for junior and senior year, but you weren't in the. Yeah, I don't know. You I think I probably got disillusioned, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, but I always maybe, wondered. Maybe I, I got like, DQ'd the first I, time. No, I was like, well, no, but then you won the second. And I was like, why didn't he continue after that? <laughs> I know. Oh, man, who knows? It always baffled me. But it's funny uh, to look back on it now. And uh, hey, look how far we've come. Absolutely. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, like um, reflecting and looking back on how we treated people in high school. And, I, you know, you're not you're not the only one who feels that way with in general, like interactions that we regret or wish we could have done differently. But that's, that's a good thing, you know, that we can look back and, and pick out those things that we learned from and that, you know, we change move, moving forward. Yeah. Time heals. And, and uh, I think it's, I would highly, I mean, if I could give any piece of advice at all to anybody who's, who's still listening at this point um, <laughs> is, is, uh, if you feel like you did somebody wrong, odds are, you know, even if they don't want to hear it, they, they can do you the favor of listening. Uh, and that can do a lot for your growth, for your personal growth. It It's not really about them at this point because you're solving your own problem and, and making them the audience. But uh, I highly recommend apologizing to people, whether or not they even, even remembered. Uh, it's good for your soul. And, uh, It'll help you get rid of some baggage. And also, uh, you know, somebody, it, it works both ways too, you know, celebrate with people too. Mm. Say, hey, I just remembered five years ago, we did that thing. That was cool. Um, that can really help somebody who might not have, might not be thinking about how far they've come. And uh, I think it's important that we maintain these these memories. Well put, man. Getting getting me in my feel, my nostalgic feels right now, and I'm yeah, sure, man. and I'm sure anyone else who's still here at this point. Um, last three things, real quick. I, I'm dude. I would okay. love to continue talking. Three things. Um, a book you you read recently that you recommend, a song you're listening to, hmm. and a movie that you recommend people watch. Put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me work backwards. I I barely have the time to watch it all the way through, but I, the, uh, uh, all quiet on the Western front just came out on Netflix. I saw that. Uh, notification on it's, phone. yeah, it's, it's a horrid, miserable, sad movie, but it's, it's an important one. So, um, I highly recommend people go watch it. It'll really give you perspective, uh, and, uh, um, remind you of the humanity of, of, um, war, but also how we treat each other and how we view each other. Uh, a song I'm listening to recently. Um, Zoom is less than a minute. I'm sorry to, to say this, but you oh, okay, get it uh, out. <laughs> I I recently read uh, 
uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Excellent book. Highly recommend it. Nice. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I'm going to skip right. this song. Thanks, David. Um, it was a pleasure Thanks, speaking brother. with you. And yeah, I look forward to having you interview, interview me down the road. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You have a great day. Take care. Good luck out there. Thank you for your yes. service. <laughs> Thanks, man. See you. Okay, bye.